0: When I look at marketing, I think of marketing as a mechanism for your message. And so it's a way to, one, take your message and take your product or the solution that you provide, because we are all solution providers, right? So taking the solution that you provide and getting it in front of the people who really need it.
1: Welcome back to another season of When Hers United, the podcast. I'm your host, nicole walker and i truly appreciate you listening in this is season 10 episode one entitled what is marketing with stacy reed before we jump into the interview i want to tell you more about me and WinHerd united the podcast i believe that success leaves clues and Windhurst United, the podcast, was created to give you the clues you need to succeed in business, mindset, personal development, and self care. These are the four pillars we stand on here at Windhurst United, which is why they are emphasized so we all can live a complete and fulfilled life, both personally as well as professionally. If you love Windhurst United, invite someone you know to listen and tell your friend to tell a friend. Let's spread the word. You know we believe in being empowered and empowering on. Now without further ado, let's get into season 10, episode 1 entitled What is Marketing with Stacy Reed. All right, so we're back with another amazing winning woman of color entrepreneur so Stacy welcome thank you so much hey y'all excited to be here yes excited to have you and to learn from you and just get to know you better right all right so before we jump in let me tell you more about Stacy so Stacy Reed is obsessed with elevating e-commerce brands to new heights with strategic marketing Stacey has generated over 150 million running paid social advertising campaigns at Zappos for some of the largest shoe and apparel brands in the world. She uses her 11 years of marketing experience to amplify brands as the CEO of her consultant agency, Stacey Zill and Co. When she isn't speaking or consulting, she's practicing yoga and inspiring others to live their best lives out loud listen Stacy. listen I love all of that <laughs> thank you thank you yeah I love it too I just rewrote that bio
0: and I was like "Ooh, that's
1: good let's yes you did good I love it short and sweet and you know speaking to the points right look 150 million dollars look let, let's learn some things let's learn definitely, some definitely. things <laughs> Right. So let's get started by you telling us more about your consultant agency, Stacy Zill and Co. and how you evolved into starting a marketing agency.
0: Yeah, great question. So we are a marketing strategist consulting company. I'm a strategist at heart. I am someone who is able to look at all the different components of your marketing and figure out like, how do we ground this into something scalable? I've come across so many business owners in my career from my 11 years of working with, you know, working at corporate as well as working with small business owners and freelancing and all that kind of stuff. And so many business owners are amazing at their craft. They're really, really good with their, at their, you know, at their business or their products or serving their clients, but they are not so great at marketing. Marketing is just not someplace where they have that experience and, Because I've had experience of leading the marketing team, being a marketing team of one, being on a big marketing team, I'm able to really kind of look at people's businesses and figure out like, how do we create a marketing, something that scales or a marketing strategy rather that actually scales and gets them to the next level. Um, And the way that I got into it is from really, I've been freelancing for years. I've been always someone who was like, I can help you with your marketing. There was at a time when I was graduating from college. And I didn't have any experience and all the jobs needed experience. And I was just like, well, I'm gonna get me some experience and I'm gonna start freelancing and start taking all clients. And I was working for free 99 at first, then moved up to working for cheap 99. And now I'm at a place where I fully understand the value that I bring and I charge, you know, high ticket 99 yeah. <laughs> right now, you know, because it's just been such an evolution of business and being able to really own the transformations that I can create in people's businesses. When I get my hands on their marketing and get my hands on their data. So it's definitely been an evolution. Started out in organic marketing, really open organic social marketing, really just figuring out like, how do you create messages that move people to take action? How do you create, you know, customer journeys and map out funnels so that way people go from and build that, know so that you can build that, know, like a trust factor quickly. I'm someone who, when I started in marketing, digital marketing was just becoming a thing. There wasn't like, you know, a social media manager or a email marketing specialist. It was a digital marketing manager. And so I had to learn all the different digital pieces as well as, you know, non-digital pieces and figuring out how do they fit together. And so I've had a great career over the years. And now I want to really fully step into speaking and educating and consulting and helping businesses to really tighten up their marketing so that they can get to the next level.
1: Listen, listen, Stacey. I think the interview is over. You done dropped all the loads on us in in 2.2 seconds. I love it. So many gems, so many gems. I captured a few, right? But before I even go into these gems, me and I'm speaking from my Nicole, you think you know something, but do you really know something? Right. And then there might be somebody out there listening that might be feel like, "I, I think I know, but do I really know? Right. So before we jump in, like, marketing. What is that, right? Like we hear marketing, we hear branding, we hear advertisement, we hear all these things. Like what does marketing even mean? That's such a great question. And this is the first time someone has asked me that. And so I love that.
0: So when I look at marketing, I think of marketing as a mechanism for your message. And so it's a way to one, take your message and take your product or the solution that you provide, because we are all solution providers, right? So taking the solution that you provide and getting it in front of the people who really needed. And you can do that in a variety of different ways. You can do that with, you know, social media marketing, email marketing. You can do it paid. You can do it organic. You can, you know, focus on, you know, SEO and all. You can do so many different things to get your message out there. But really at the heart of it, at the core is that marketing is about messaging. It's about guiding people to a solution. And so the way that you do that varies. You could do it on TikTok. You could do it on, you know, Facebook. But really at the core is that you need to have a message that you are portraying, sending to people so that they understand that you provide a solution that they need or that they are looking for. Because a lot of times people don't understand when you're a business owner, like you're providing a solution. Consumers are looking for solutions to their problems. They're not looking for you specifically. They are thinking about themselves and they're thinking about the problems that they're having and the pain points and the things that they want to, the transformations that they want to, you know, experience. They're not thinking about, oh, I need to buy a course. They're thinking, oh, I need to buy a solution to this problem or, oh, I need to, even if you're selling a product, it's like, oh, I am a runner. I need running shoes, you know? And so I'm looking for a solution to help me to then go on and be a runner. I'm not necessarily looking for a shoe specifically. And so when you start to think about that and think about marketing as a way of, as a mechanism for messaging and a way to connect with people and a way to present your solutions to people so that they can come into your world, start to buy your products and buy your services. That's really what marketing is. And, you know, and and when you think about like marketing, branding, all these different buzzwords, right, like branding falls to me, in my opinion, falls underneath of marketing, because when you're creating a brand and you have a strong brand, you have to know who you're talking to, because, you know, if you're talking to a luxury market, you need luxury branding, for example. Like if you're talking to the Walmart audience, you probably need a Walmart type of branding. So all of it starts with knowing who you're talking to. All of it starts with, you know, understanding what messages you want to portray. Like, do you want to give off a message of a high end feel? for your events, for example, or a high-end you know, experience for your business. All of that stuff goes into branding. But really, if you think about marketing as the umbrella, branding, in my professional opinion, I'm sure there are other people who are brand strategists and other things that may think differently. But in my opinion, branding falls underneath of marketing. So it's something that you need to make sure that you have a message, you know who you're talking to first, and then you can invest in your branding. And then you can invest in amplification. And then you can invest in you know ways to get your market out there. But you really have to have a message and understand how you're going to communicate that message and get it in front of people.
1: All right, now, look, I wrote that down. Marketing is about messaging. And you said it another way that I'm going I'm to go back and, and listen, and that might be the title of the episode. I love that. So just going back into everything you said, right? In your first answer, right? I really love how you talked about understanding the value you bring. And that's something, look, that's a sneak peek, y'all. We're going to get into that a little later, right? Owning the transformation that you create, like, ah, uh, ah, uh, leadership at its finest, right? And then you talked about creating messages that move people into action, which I wrote down and I was thinking, like, oh, maybe that's what marketing is. And I think that's what you confirmed, right, with your answer into what is marketing. So, I love it. Look, you heard it here, y'all. You heard it here. We got the clarity on what marketing is. So get those messages together so that you help people understand that you have the solution to their problem. And then they'll help you to get money in your business, right? Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Listen, listen. (laughs) All right. So in your bio, you talked about elevating people in the e-commerce space, right? And when we spoke, you told me that e-commerce is your jam, but we didn't get into why. So why is e-commerce your jam? What is it about the e-commerce space that just does it for you?
0: Yeah, I love e-commerce because one, it, it is an exchange and it, it, one, it's a faster exchange, right? Like, you know, people will see a product and they may see your skincare line or they may see your, you know, your soap or whatever it is. And you can give them signals to make an immediate decision about whether they are going to, you know, entertain this product or not. Um, So there's a shorter sales cycle. So I like that. When I worked at Zappos, that was all e-commerce. So I got really immersed into the world of e-commerce. And the beautiful thing about working at Zappos was that I got to experience and run ads on a lot of different paid social channels, whether it's TikTok, Snapchat ads, you know, Facebook ads, all that kind of stuff. But really, I got to understand how you market different types of products. How do you market shoes versus how you market clothes versus how you market jewelry? How do you market high ticket items that are, you know, the Alexander Wang designers? How do you, you know, or all of these other low end designers or, you know, like the Crocs of the world? Like, how do you market a Crocs versus, you know, marketing something that's like a Louis Vuitton or something like that? And so it really gave me the experience to really understand the exchange of energy that there is with products. And it really helped me to also understand that there is a still a lot of storytelling that needs to happen when you're selling products, because there is this element of, you know, like I can go and get a shoe anywhere, right? Why am I buying a shoe from Zappos? You know, why am I buying skincare from you? And so I love that world. I love being able to really like, you know, dig into someone who really believes in their product. And that's one of the things, like I love people who stand behind their product, who stand behind their brand, Zappos was one of those places that really stood behind its brand, and really, really, like culture was huge at Zappos, and it was amazing. And so, I really love to work with people who, who have a product. They're really, they took so much time and thought into putting their product together, but they're really just, you know, and they need to get in front of a lot more people. They have a, a product that solves a problem, and they just really need to get it in front of people. And so, that kind of space, like I just love that space. I love how fast it is. I love how fast you can grow and scale with product businesses, service providers. I think you know there are, it's a different approach, right? It's a different way to advertise service providers or courses and digital kind of products than you would, you know, a pair of shoes or, you know, some makeup or something like that. And so really it aligns with what I like. It aligns with my experience and it's a world that I think is underserved. I'm realizing, like I didn't realize that how underserved the e-commerce community was in terms of the marketing information that they have or the business information. Um, I'm in a lot of different groups of service providers that you know, people who are service providers, mainly service providers, but then there are groups of people who within the group that are product businesses and they need so much help and they don't know where to go for help. And, they, and so I'm just like, well, I can absolutely help you. Um, and so that's why I'm definitely shifting more into speaking and consulting because I find that I can have a bigger impact when I get a bunch of business owners into a room and really like tell them the fundamentals of marketing and teach them about messaging and teach them about, you know, funnel the customer dreams and all that kind of stuff and teach them Facebook ads and amplification strategies, I can have such a bigger impact when I take all of this knowledge that I've acquired over these 11 years and really like put it out there in front of people. Because a lot of times it's just a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding the fundamentals of messaging and marketing. Once I give those nuggets to people, you see a light bulb go off. And I'm just like, ooh, I love that light bulb. I want to keep
1: shining that light bulb and keep leaning into that. So that's why I love it. I love that. I love that. So what I heard is it is a large part of your background experience. Right. But then also you found that there was a gap in the market. Right. And I think that that is amazing because, you know, like finding a gap in the market and having a solution for that gap means that you'll have business coming in to sustain you. Right. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Right. So that's news to me as well. Right. That they don't have a lot of people supporting them.
0: I had to realize that as well. I didn't realize because I was just like, you know, I've lived in the e-commerce world so, so much. And because I did work at a very big, you know, very large brand, we did spend lots of money. And so we got a lot of resources and we had a lot of education. We had I would have Facebook on call. Literally We met with Facebook every week. <laughs> you know, we met with Snapchat every we met with Pinterest every week, you know, trying to, and they were giving us all this information to scale our businesses and to, and to, to continue to meet the KPIs that our leadership has set because they want us to spend more money on their platform, obviously. Um, but, you know, like I didn't realize that there was such a gap in knowledge. And so now that I, I've realized that and I've had other business owners who serve the same industry tell me that, I'm like, oh, well, I can fill that need. I can absolutely step into that and to help you all to get to the next level because it's really when you have the knowledge, like you can take it, like, you know, your customers, right? Like, I don't know your customers. I don't know who people are. You know, your clients, you know, your customers. If I can pr- take my marketing knowledge and impart that on you so that you can take the knowledge that you have of your customers and how your business works and your product and all that, then you can absolutely create a strategy that scales and that gets you to the next level. It's that gap in knowledge, I believe is, is what I want to fill, especially for e-commerce brands. Cause there's so much marketing information out there for service providers. Um, which is great. But you know, e-commerce is definitely a different animal. You know, the way that you approach it market from a marketing perspective is, is very different.
1: Okay. All right. You heard it here. You know what you know where to go to. You know where to go to. So let's talk strategic marketing, right? What is it and how should it be approached?
0: Yeah. So strategic marketing is really a data-driven approach to getting your product and your service in front of the masses of people. I didn't realize when I was first starting out in marketing, how much data was involved in marketing. I thought that it was a lot of like, oh, this is a fun campaign (laughs) or this is cool, you know, or this is creative. And there is that element of it, right? There's a big element of being able to take a message and be able to say it in a bunch of different ways, right? But but still speak to the same person. So there is that, that element of it, but there is this element of so much data. And that's one of the things I really got hit home with when I worked at Zappos is like how much data there is available, but also that everything needs to come back to a data point, right? Like we weren't just shooting the shit. We weren't just like, you know, taking campaigns and just kind of like throwing them up there to see what would happen. There was so much analysis and, you know, pre-analysis, post-analysis, You know, in the moment analysis, making data-driven decisions, having to back up your decisions with data, and not just being like, I don't know, I just thought it would be cool, you know, where I thought that this might work. Like, and there is, you know, a bit of that. Like, you know, marketers have to really be able to make hypotheses and make, you know, somewhat, you know, and, and not guesses, but like really make informed decisions. But it has to be backed up by data. And so, when you think about strategic marketing, for me, it's lining out your magnetic message and your magnetic message is based on data. It's mapping out your customer journey because everybody needs to go on some journey when they go from, I have no idea who you are to please take my money. And then it's outlining an amplification strategy. And so, and and with your amplification strategy, like organic marketing is the foundation. That's the baseline. That's the thing that you always have to do, whether you like it or not, you will have to do organic marketing in your business. And then- from there you go, then you move into a pay to play kind of situation. And so what I find is that a lot of, you know, these last few months, I've been talking mainly about Facebook ads and the power of Facebook ads, but I'm realizing that so many people are missing the first few steps before they even get there. Like people are trying to jump into Facebook ads because they want fast traffic, but do you want fast traffic or you want a sustainable business? You know, you want a business that you can actually scale. And if you want to be able to scale your business, you have to have a plan that's going to get you there, right? Like, If you take a look under the hood of these big brands and these big companies, and I've worked with dozens of them, hundreds of them, you know, if you take a look at, you know, at the back end of what they're doing, everything comes back to a plan. Everything comes back to a KPI. Everything comes back to, you know, some kind of progress that this business that our business should be making. And so you have to approach your market strategically. If you're just kind of out here, just throwing stuff up and not paying attention to what kind of response you get, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to think that your marketing isn't working. You're not going to know whether it is or is not working because you're just throwing stuff up there and seeing what happens. But when you really actually take the time to map stuff out, have a document that is really like, you know, a living, breathing document that you can say, like, you know, this is what we're focused on this year. These are the different initiatives that we have going on. And then you can take that strategy and apply it to different channels because the way that you talk to someone on TikTok, And the way that you talk to them on Facebook, for example, are very different. But you should still be talking to the same person because they're consuming information different based on what channel they're on. But you should still be talking to that same person. Like, you know, if your buyer is a millennial, for example, more more than likely, they're probably on Facebook or Instagram. You know, there are millennials that are on TikTok, but are they making purchasing decisions on TikTok? Are they actually seeing ads and seeing content on, on TikTok that's making them buy something? Or are they actually seeing ads and stuff on Facebook and that's where they're actually buying stuff? And so all of this stuff goes back to data. And you have, as business owners, we have so much data in our business, but a lot of times it's either a lack of knowledge of what data to track or it's a lack of, you know, having, knowing that you should be tracking data, or it's really just you're not being intentional with looking at your data and really making informed decisions. Um, you're just kind of, you just have it. You're not really actually analyzing the data. And that's where I come in. I'm a very data-driven person. I love to get my hands on the numbers and really figure out, like, how do we make data driven decisions? But then also, how do we anchor that and pair that with creativity and with messaging and with being authentic and having people really excited to see our creative um, and excited to be in our community?
1: Listen, Stacey, you're speaking to my heart, right? So my bachelor's is in computer science. I am a data nerd, love everything about data. It's actually one of the talks I do with podcasting leveraging your podcast data and things like that, right? And it actually ties really good into marketing, right? So you said something that really stuck out to me and I feel like a lot of people may also feel this way, right? And then you followed it up by saying we have it, right? Because you're you're talking about a data-driven approach and the first thing that came to my head was, okay, well, where do people find this data? And then you said, well, you got the data, right? Mm-hmm. So So let's just, you know, like briefly talk about, you know, what data do, does people already have that they may be overlooking, right? And if they don't have it, what should they be pulling in?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So great question. Um, So one, Google Analytics is free, y'all. Please get your Google Analytics installed on your site um, or any landing pages that you have or any websites, because there's such a wealth of information in that, you know, within Google Analytics, you can really start to see things like, you know, what percentage of your traffic are returning versus, you know, people who are new. You can look and see what entry pages are people coming in on, like, you know, what pages do people come up in search results that they end up in on your site? Like which of your blog posts is, is getting the most traffic? All of that kind of stuff. Such great information there. But also your Facebook pixel, install your Facebook pixel. You know, that Facebook pixel is is great because it it creates a two way street between Facebook and your website. But also, if you think about the data. Once you install your Facebook pixel, Facebook will be tracking all that data. You can go into your, you know, your Facebook insights. So there's a section in there that's called insights and it'll give you a bunch of data about, you know, where your people are coming from, your audience on Instagram, what kind of stuff they follow, what other people that are they following. There's tons of information and, in, you know, on there that, that are beyond just what you see on Instagram. Like if you're on the Instagram app and you go to insights, that's another place you can go look at the insights there. Like which are your content that people engaging with, you know, what stuff is bringing people to actually take action and not just likes and comments and shares. You know, there's information there. There's also information that you get from, like you said, your podcast downloads. Which of your topics are people most download? You know, like all that kind of stuff is just really, what are your, which emails are being opened the best, you know, are are getting the most open rates. Like I was, I had a client and we were, you know, I have a consulting client. I was looking through her email open rates and her click rates. And I'm like, okay, you have a seven day series here. And the first email has a 4% click through, has like a twenty, 30% open rate and a 4% click through rate. The next few emails dropped from there. And then you had another email that was like number five out of seven that had a really high open rate and a really high click-through rate. I said, you need to go back to these emails that had the high click-through rate and figure out what is it about these emails that is making people click on these these links and apply that to these other emails. And so that's how you make data-driven decisions. You know, You look at the data that you have, look at your Amazon reviews. When I'm working with clients, I'm going through your Amazon reviews. I'm going through your comments on your Instagram page and your Facebook page and all your social channels. Because what people are saying to you and the language that they're using is also data. So like the way that you may describe your service and the way that your customers describe your service may be different. There was, when I worked at Zappos, there was a whole, you know, team of people that was dedicated to understanding what our customers were saying about us. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's a whole figure, like what are people saying, you know, and that kind of thing. And so look at your comments and stuff like that. Are people using the same language that you use? For example, like if you're describing I have one client who, you know, we had talked about money archetype versus money personality. Like, do people say archetype or do people say personality? You know, and so it's like, look at your comments. What are people saying when they're engaging with you? What language are they using? Those are the kinds of things that you put in your marketing. What kind of questions are people asking you? I get a question all the time that's like, how do I know when to start with Facebook ads? I get that question all the time, (laughs) you know, and so I created some content about that. Now I have, you know, I have a video series coming out about that. Because people ask me all the time and now I can really just, you know, you know, direct you to a freebie that'll tell you, you know, and so those are kinds of ways that you make data driven decisions. And so it's all around us. There is data there. But I just think sometimes we don't know what to look for and we don't know to look for it. So those are some great places to get started. That's a lot of data right there that you can really go through and just make some some decisions. <laughs>
1: listen, listen, I thought this was a podcast interview. This is a master class, y'all. Y'all better <laughs> not be sleeping on this masterclass now. Stacey is letting out all the gems and I promise y'all, right? Stacy don't know the script, right? But I think Stacy is a little psychic, y'all, because the next question is about Facebook ads and she been, she's been leading up to it, right? So I know Facebook ads is one of your things and it goes back to what you just said. What tip would you offer someone that wants to do an ad but doesn't know how? or Or you can answer both if you want. Or someone and or someone that has done ads but hasn't seen success from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say both of those people go to the strategy.
0: A lot of times, I either come across people who, if they haven't started running the ads, they're jumping in and taking a course. And the courses, courses are great to teach you technical, it's very hard for a course to teach you strategy. And in my professional opinion, the strategy comes first. The strategy is going to dictate how you build something, how you build a Facebook ad. I built over 1,200 different Facebook ads personally myself. In four years. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Um, And the strategy comes first. There's always a strategy before I go in and build something because the strategy dictates what your creative looks like. It dictates what your landing pages you're using and what your landing pages look like. It dictates your targeting and who you're talking to. It outlines the copy. All of that kind of stuff needs to be laid out before you jump into Facebook ads. And I would say the same thing to someone who is running ads, but they're not seeing success. It's like, what is the strategy? Do you have a strategy? A lot of times when I, when people say, I just made a post about this and they're like, I've had tried ads made on work. I'm like, okay, well, what was the strategy behind it? And I get crickets. Like strategy, what? Strategy? I I just wanted to, you know, fill my webinar. So I took the artwork from my webinar that my graphic designer gave me and I put some dollars behind it on Facebook, or I just boosted this post and it didn't work. Okay. Well, That's a strategy thing. You know, that's something that goes back to making sure that the strategy that you've set in place, you know, is something that is one, scalable, but it's something that converts. And a lot of times people jump into Facebook ads a little too early because they are looking for that fast, you know, growth. But really, if you don't know your messaging and don't have that nailed down, if you don't have a funnel that converts, and you don't have your organic marketing, you know, that's continuing to work and all these different things that are still in place, you don't need to jump into Facebook ads right now. You need to go back and talk to your customers so you understand what kind of messages resonate and why they shop with you. You need to go back and fix your funnels to make sure your automated emails are in place and making sure your abandoned cart emails are triggered if someone, you know, abandons cart or making sure that you have all these other automations in place and that you're doing lead generation, you know, in place and first. And you need to make sure that you're also sending your emails weekly and nurturing your list and making sure that you're staying in front of people and, you know, figuring out what your content strategy is going to be, whether you're an e-commerce brand or a service provider, like you still have to show up and stay in front of people because when they have a need, they may not have a need for your product every day. But like, for, you know, re- the recent example I used is that I'm a plant mom, I love plants, And there was this company that I found on Instagram that, you know, she sells custom-made hand, you know, handmade pots and they're beautiful and I love them. And so I bought a couple, love them. A few months go by, I get a new plant, want to buy a new plant. I mean, want to buy a new pot. I can't remember what her name, what the name of the company is. (laughs) I'm like, I don't remember their Instagram page. I don't remember what the name of the company is. I know I'm on her email list. So maybe if I go back through my emails, I can figure out if I can find her. And I couldn't find her. But then months later or whatever, however long later, she ends up sending another email. I'm like, oh, there she is. That's who it is. You know? And so people may not need your products every day. And so you feel like, oh, why am I sending emails every week? or even, you know, more than once if you're an e-commerce brand, we send emails every day. (laughs) Let me tell you, on Black Friday Cyber Monday, you will get multiple emails a day. Okay. Um, And so, you know, you can send emails frequently and not feel like you're, you know, angering your list or you're, you know, you're getting on people's nerves because if they are, if you're on their nerves, when they're going to unsubscribe, you know, but like if you, for example, in that example that I gave, like, Had she been emailing me every week, I probably would have been able to go, you know, to see like, oh, that's the name of the company or, oh, there's the email. Let me go ahead and buy because I've been thinking about buying a new pod anyway. And so these are kinds of things that you need to have in place before you start to, you know, run your Facebook ads, because when you run your Facebook ads, then they're going to be doing all the heavy lifting and it gets expensive to have them do all the heavy lifting. And you're just missing out on the opportunity to really have all your marketing work together to grow your business and not having things work in silos.
1: Listen, look. Stacy, you let me know I got to get my life together, right? We're going we gonna to start <laughs> off with that, right? So if y'all, if you're listening and you feel like I got a lot of work to do, you're not alone. I'm here with you. We have a lot of work to do, but we can do it, right? Step by step, bit by bit. And I love your emphasis on first things first, right? Because I do feel like, you know, we want to just jump out the window, right? No, you got to crawl before you walk. That's what I heard you saying as I was listening, right? Crawl before you walk. And it's okay, to crawl i don't care if everybody else is walking or running if you need to crawl because eventually you do want to run you better crawl right else you're gonna be running and you're gonna be tripping right Mm -hmm. literally tripping while you're running right because you don't got it together right so i love that and show up and stay top of mind right i think that that was super super amazing good advice right I struggle with that. I'm one of the people like, oh, I don't want to get on nobody's nerves, right? And then I'm also one of those people that are like, when I get that, oh, somebody unsubscribed, it's like, (gasps) they don't like me. They don't like me, right? But I have learned that, you know, you want to weed out the people that aren't your people, right? So you actually want them to unsubscribe so you can get to the people that actually want to purchase, you know, or interact with you to eventually purchase, right? So... I love it. Look, look. Say, unsubscribe. Like, there. You know how many times I will like. I've logged into my email,
0: and I'll be like, I have a thousand freaking emails, and I'm I'm unsubscribing from everything. I'm like, just leave me alone. Leave me alone. But then you go back, and I'm like, oh crap. Like, I want that information. Like, there are people that have been on their list. I unsubscribe on their list again. Unsubscribe. So you know, I don't take unsubscribes personally. Like, you know, people people will go unsubscribe, and it's okay. But they might come back when they're ready. You know, and like you said, you want to just be in front of the people who are ready for you. And there are people who have been on their email list for years and I haven't bought anything from, them, you know, but I'm staying on their email list because I know eventually like when I have that need or when I do want to invest in that or when it's time for me to invest in that in my business, then I'm ready, you know, then I know who to go to. So it's important to stay top of mind because you never really know how long it's going to take someone to make a decision because you don't know when they're coming into your funnel. Like, do they have an immediate need? Is their need a little further out? Do they have something come up in their personal life that, you know, shifted things a little bit and now they got to refocus on something else Did they change their offers in their business and now they're kind of re-strategizing. So it's, you know, it's all of that kind of stuff, you know, we're humans and we have to keep in mind that we're talking to people, you know, and so being necessarily afraid of unsubscribes, like I get it. I was there, you know, I'll be like, oh, somebody doesn't crack my list. I'm just like, it's okay. they will come back maybe, you know, who knows? Right. Maybe I get on my nerves. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's nothing that has nothing to do with me. You know, maybe they just getting too many emails and they're just like, I need to be able to focus on my business, so I need to unsubscribe from anything that is not relevant to what I'm working on right now. You know, so yeah, I don't know why I had felt like I need to throw that in there, but yeah.
1: Listen, because it was important. Don't take it personal, right? Because you know, it could feel like this is against me, and it's not. It has nothing to do with you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hey
0: guys, this is Brittany N. Smith, brand strategist and designer and founder of the Paid to Create Virtual Summit for the Female Entrepreneurs. I want to personally invite you to the Paid to Create Summer Summit, August 7th through 9th. This session's theme is do the thing, sis. If you got big visions, big dreams, and you're determined to win big in your life and business, you do not want to miss this free summit. You can lock down your seat and find out more at www.getpaidtocreate.com. That's www.getpaid2create.com. It's a paid girl summer and it's time for you to do the thing, sis. See you at the
1: summit. So let's shift gears a little bit, right? When we spoke last, you told me your word of the year and I think your word of the year is amazing, right? So your word of the year is focus. So tell us why and then tell us what you've done so far to maximize your focus.
0: Ooh, great question. Um, So yeah, focus is my word of the year. And it really came from, I'm such a multi-passionate person, y'all. I love so many different things. Like I'm a yogi, I love plant. I love, you know, I'm a cannabis advocate. I'm so many things. Like in addition to being a business owner, in addition to having worked corporate, you know, for all the years up until two months ago. And so last year was my year I did all the things. Like, I launched a cannabis podcast last year. I was working full time at Zappos. I had a couple marketing clients on the side. I was, you know, moved. I was doing all the things. I had so much going on in my life. And I just was like, I got to the end of the year and started to just figure out, like, I always had these moments where throughout the year where I'm asking myself, like, what do I want my life to look like? I take stock of what my life currently looks like and just figuring out, like, what do I want my life to look like? And I realized, that I didn't want my life to be filled with all business and all work. I didn't really, I felt like I didn't have a personal life. I felt like I, you know, I'm someone who loves to like, you know, sit on the couch and watch Netflix. I really didn't have time for that kind of stuff. I didn't have time to do the things that I wanted to do personally. And from, and just being tired all the time, you're getting off of work late and you're going, you know, from a long day, like you're going out with your friends, but you're exhausted or you're going out for date night and you're exhausted, you know, or you're making, you know, you're just making dinner to just throw something in your body because you're tired. And that was very much my life. And so I had to, so when I came into the new year and just really started to think like, I want to just focus. Like I want to pick something and focus on it. So I stopped recording my cannabis podcast. I finished it out through the year and I just, you know, left it there. I quit my job in April, <laughs> my corporate job in April of this year. And now, and, and in my business, how I bring that into play is that I also am someone who gets shiny object syndrome. I'm like, oh, I need to do a challenge. I need to do a webinar. I need to do a this. I need to do a that. And so every time I get into that mode, because I've set that word of my intention for the year, every time I get into that mode of, ooh, I want to make a new offer or I want to try come up with something different, I'm like, focus. What are you focusing on? What's focus on your focus? Like, what have you been focusing on these last, you know, like, you know, couple weeks? Give that some more time. Cause sometimes, you know, in business, we really will like, we'll come up with something new, we'll try it for a couple weeks, and then we just, you know, let it fizzle out because we're not seeing results. But really, it takes time to see results. Like, you know, actually giving myself, you know, 30, 60 days, 30, even 90 days sometimes to really like test something out to see if it's working, you know, is valuable. And so being able to focus has helped me to do that. And I really do believe that what you focus on is what you grow. And so now I have space to be able to focus on my business, but I still have a lot of downtime also. Like I can sit, you know, and watch Netflix in the middle of the day just because I need, you know, I want to take a break. I actually, you know, will make dinner, you know, a few times a week and actually take the time to step away and actually make it and not just feel like I'm throwing something in the microwave. And, you know, and just being able to like, you know, in my business, just really like letting go of anything that is pulling me away from where I feel I'm being called to and being called to like speak and consult and train and to help people to get to the next level in their business through, through speaking opportunities. I feel like that's what I'm being called to do. And so, with focus on that, I find that projects that don't fit that goal are starting to fizzle out. You know, they are fizzling out in ways that I didn't even expect. So like, you know, losing certain things and just being like, "Oh, damn, I wasn't expecting that." But I realize that it's because I'm being called in this direction that I need to focus on going forward rather than holding on to things that I maybe have carried with me. Um, that have been great in getting me here. Like we all have things that help us to get to where we need to get into a level of business. But then when we see a vision that is a little bit different or that's a little bit to the left of where we were, we got to focus on that and got to be okay with losing anything that is keeping us from being able to make that pivot that we're trying to get
1: into. All right, now, you know, Yeah, look, our loyal listeners know they hear me say this all the time. I invite y'all on this podcast and y'all be coming for me. Y'all don't even know y'all coming for me, right? But y'all be coming for me. I appreciate it, right? Because obviously I need to hear it. So it's so funny you say that just closed or the beginning of June was the Pivots Are Powerful Virtual Summit. So I host this virtual summit every year, right? It was that. And I love what you said as far as, you know, sometimes we're so stuck on this is supposed to be the thing, but really we're being called to the left. So I feel like I'm in that kind of position right now. That's why I said you're coming for me. Right. But that's an aside. (laughs) So I love your realization that you were leaving yourself, your personal self behind. Right. Like that is really the premise of this podcast having four pillars, business, mindset, personal development and self-care. Right. Because I do feel like as entrepreneurs, especially as a solopreneur, you know, we'll focus on the business, you know, maybe the personal development, you know, sometimes mindset is a little last, you know, which needs to be first because it's a whole thing with that. Right. But self-care be all the way at the back. Right. So I'm so glad that you, you know, realize that. And made a shift in that, and then let's just talk about these gems you drop. Like, if y'all ain't, first of all, y'all should have like five notebooks full from everything she told us about marketing, right? If you don't got five notebooks full, like, I don't know what you're doing with your life, right? And then these are the sticky notes that need to be in your in your bathroom on the mirror by your bed, wherever you put a sticky note or some kind of, you know, they. I felt like they were like an affirmation, but it didn't have "I am" in front of it. But I still feel like it's one of those things you need to read every single day. Focus on your focus. Let me say I need to read every day. Let me let me just speak to me. I ain't going to speak for everybody else, but I'm sure I ain't alone in this journey. Focus on your focus. It takes time to see results. Right. Let's just let that marinate. Nicole, mm-hmm. look, I'm speaking to Nicole. <laughs> <All> right. OK. <laughs> okay. So I feel like girl, makes like. <laughs> right, that was so good. And then what you focus on is what grows, right? Okay, mic drop. That was a mic drop. All right. So, let's also get into cuz I feel like this whole segment is a mindset. Like what we're talking about now is really talking about mindset kind of stuff and making those changes for a better today and a better tomorrow, right? When we spoke previously, you said something that warmed my heart cuz I agree with you totally, right? that you believe all entrepreneurs should go to therapy. Why do you feel this way?
0: Yeah, I think that, be- so when I, I started, I'm a newbie to therapy. I just started therapy this year, um, early, like months ago. I've been in therapy for months now, just meeting weekly with my therapist. And I realized how much of my personal junk spills over into my business. I realized, so I'm someone who has really had an issue with, standing in my light and stepping into my power and owning my brilliance and owning, you know, the transformations that I can, you know, help people create in their businesses. And so with that, I shrink, I keep myself small. I don't speak up as much. I, you know, stay in my place kind of with quotes for those who can't see. And through therapy, it's helped me to realize where I do that in my personal life, where I do that in my relationships, where I do that in my business. And so working through that helps me to be able to show up in my business a different way. Um, Working through things that, you know, are mindset kind of blockers, because a lot of stuff in business is mindset blockers, y'all. I promise you, you know, you're not charging low prices because of something in the market. It's probably your mindset. You know, it's do I feel like I can actually show up and sell a $10,000 package to someone and not have to discount the product before I even finish my breath. You know, it's, do I have the, you know, mindset and the tenacity to get over the fact that yes, I will be posting about my business on my Facebook page every single day. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will be. Yes, I will be inviting people to join my services. Yes, I will be DMing people and following up with people and reaching out to qualified leads to actually make a sale to them and to offer them to work for my business. Um, Yes, I will be pitching myself for speaking opportunities to get on a stage, even though it scares the crap out of me. Yes, I will be hosting my own live events in the next quarter because that is where I feel like I'm being called to do. And instead of waiting for a stage to appear to me, I'm creating my own stage as someone who I literally had a coffee chat an hour ago, right before this told me, like, create your own stage, Stacey. And so all of those things are not tactics, right? A lot of it is the mindset. And that's what I've learned being an entrepreneur and actually being an entrepreneur who is taking it seriously because I've been a freelancer for a very long time. And I just thought, oh, I've been freelancing for a while. Shifting into entrepreneurship and business, being a business owner is going to be easy, but it's not, you know, and it's the reason that it's not easy. It's not because of the lack of knowledge out there, because there's a lot of information out there that you can consume, you know, about growing your email list, about learning marketing and all that kind of stuff. But it's, are you actually going to do it? Are you actually going to take the step of hiring it? an expert when you need to, rather than learning to do something yourself and valuing your time as the entrepreneur. You know, these are kinds of, these are mindset things. And I've learned it's not the strategy. It's not the tactics. It is the mindset to actually be able to follow up with someone in a DM, right? Like I could give you a script, but if you're not going to use that script, it's a waste, right? That's a mindset block, not being able to actually use the tools that you have available and actually taking the action. All that stuff is mindset stuff. And so really... Therapy has helped me to really understand all of that. All of that, what is holding me back is me. You know, the reason I'm not on that level is because I am comfortable where I'm at. You know, I'm uncomfortable enough to complain about it and to research about it and want to, you know, and want to, you know, make a change. But it's not hurting me enough to actually take action because my mindset is blocking me. It's saying, like, oh, it's okay. You could just stay here you know, but now I feel, and it's still, and it's a journey, right? And that's the another thing I, why I love therapy for entrepreneurship is because it is a journey. It's always a constant, you know, fires come up all the time in our businesses, right? Like stuff happens all the time. You know, like I got an email before this, that's like, okay, goddamn, now I got to deal with this, you know? And so, but really like being able to be like, you know what, regardless of that email that I just got, I'm still going to show up and I'm going to be here and I'm going to, you know, give my all. And so a lot of that stuff just comes back to mindset and it's an ongoing, ever evolving, changing thing. And like once you hit like new level, new devil, like once you hit one, you know, feel like you master one thing with your mindset, it's going to be something else that you're going to have to master. And so having someone who really like my therapist, I feel like is very much an advocate for me. Like when I get on the call, I know we are talking about me. We are talking about my progress, my growth, me getting to the next level, my healing. It's not about anybody else. It's not about her opinions. She's, you know, qualified and she's great and she's amazing and she's black. And so I love, you know, feeling that connection with her. And I look forward to our calls every week, you know, because I really go to those calls. Like I need to sort out what I'm thinking. Like I really have something in my head. And she even this week put the seed in my head. Like Stacy, like you need to be hosting your own event. Like you don't need to be, you know, waiting for waiting for an opportunity. I got that message again earlier today. And so it's like, do I have the mindset to say? These are the signals that the universe is giving me. The universe is pushing me to where I'm being called. Am I actually going to step into that? Am I actually going to get over myself and my fear and actually step into it? And that's where the mindset work, I think, is is fantastic.
1: Stacey, so much. So, so, so much. You hit on, I can relate, right, to all of it, right? I can relate to the shrinking and not wanting to, overshadow people or leave people behind or fear of, you know, just standing out too much, right? Like I want to blend in with the people. I got chills. When you went through the, yes, I am going to and all of the things, right? Like if you miss that, go back, go back (laughs) and write all of those down, right? Because I'm like, you're right. I'm about to go do all of that, right? And I love that your therapist Is helping you to be able to stand in that light and stand in that light confidently, right? And then show up, right? The show up and all of the things, all of the things. And I love the, it's not that people won't buy or, you know, it's, it's not any of the things that we may think is the thing, right? It's our mind, right? So getting past your mind and this is what you use to get past your mind. And you suggest other entrepreneurs do the same, right? I love that. Cause I know me and this head of mine, boy, we'd be going back and forth and I'd be mad, right? That's <laughs> I mean. like, you can justify
0: anything in your head. But then when I started saying it out loud to my therapist, I'm like, Ooh, that don't make no sense. <laughs> like you just answered your own. Like so I'll be answering my own questions, like, you know, well, why can't I stand on that stage? Why can't I create my own stage? I don't know. I mean, there's no reason I can't. Like, <laughs> you know, and so you start to realize, like, oh, yeah, it's me it's all me. <laughs> it's me holding
1: me back. <laughs> right. I love that. I love that. All right. So let's talk about ways. So you talked about your pricing, right? When we first started, right? What'd you say? Free 99, cheap 99. And now it's, what was the last one? Higher, high ticket 99. <laughs> yeah. Premium 99. Premium 90, all of them, right? I love all of that. So let's just talk quickly about your development. Yeah. How you developed yourself personally. Right. Because I feel like it took some personal development to be able to get to that premium or high ticket ninety nine place. Right. Let's talk about that, because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs and I'm going to be bold enough and say women of color entrepreneurs. Right. Struggle in that area.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we do. We really do. And like, like I said, I, I remember when I, you know, charged cheap and it wasn't even that long ago. Like I can tell, you know, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that I was charging very low prices for the services that I was providing. And so some things that really helped me, one is getting a business coach. I'm someone who, and this is not even just like a plug for business coaches or or, or hiring, you know, outside professionals. But for me, when I got into the world of Rachel Rogers, who is the author of We Should All Be Millionaires, she's a black woman. She talks about how we should be building seven figure businesses and million dollar businesses and charging high ticket and all that kind of stuff. Like getting into her world was a light bulb moment for me to be able to be like, oh my gosh, I could do that. I could build a million dollar, you know, a seven figure business. I could live the life that I want to live. I could still be a great person and I can make an impact on the world. And I can impact so many more people when I have, you know, more money. And you know, really, another thing that also helped me with my pricing is to understand that people show up differently when they have some skin in the game. Like. When you show up to a call, like for example, like I have a sales coach outside of my, you know, I have a business coach community that I'm in that's a high ticket membership. And I have a business coach that's a high ticket coach. And when I pay those invoices, I make sure I'm on those calls with my notes, with my iPad. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to implement what they are downloading into me. I'm taking action because I know that that price, I can't afford to just not get this money back, right? Like I can't just throw it out into the wind and just be like, you know, it can never come back. So when I approach things, from an investments mindset, and I'm making these bigger investments, you have to think about that's the kind of mindset that your clients are also in. Like if they're paying you, you know, one, when people are paying you cheap prices, those are people that run you into the ground, I promise you, they are the people who run you into the ground, <laughs> okay? Like people who are super, super price tied and price conscious, those are the people who are not necessarily looking at your service as an investment. They're looking at it as a loss in their business or an expense. But, you know, you want to be making sure that you're looking, that you're marketing yourself as an investment and so that people come into your world when they're ready to make an investment. Um, and so and a lot of times because I find people, you know, have an issue with attracting people who can afford their services. And what you have to you know, keep in mind is that it goes back to messaging. The way that someone talks to me as someone who can invest in a high ticket coach versus me, you know, five years ago who was charging $100 a month to run people's social media pages like I was barely taking any courses. I was looking on free stuff. I was looking for maybe a $50 course, something like that, just to get me by. And the way that you talk to me and you know, the way that you talk to that person is very different than when you talk to someone who is now a CEO and making CEO-minded decisions and, and looks at things as an investment rather than looking at things as an expense or something that's taken out of the little bit of money that I may have coming into my business, but really being like, yes, if I do invest this $5,000, I will get, you know, a return because I know I'm going to show up and do the work. And I trust this person who I'm giving this money to, right? Like, you're not just, you know, giving money to random people and just saying like, you know, I expect the result. But as, you know, entrepreneurs, we provide a great service, we provide great products. And so we should be paid according, you know, because we're transforming people's lives. Like I went to a conference recently and uh, it was another black woman up there talking and, uh, you know, just giving all her stuff. And she really inspired me to start doing live events. And she just was like, you know, Think about the transformation that you're creating in someone's business five years from now. Like someone doing a strategy session with me is going to give them so much clarity on their marketing and their business that that's how that's going to get them onto track to being a six, seven, eight-figure business. You know, like that is the kind of transformation that I can provide. If, you know, I could if you look out five years from your business and you start with like, hey, I sat down with Stacy and you know we mapped out some messaging and I started to get some feedback and some data. And started to see like, oh, these two or three messages are really, really, you know, drive a lot of business for me. So I've shifted all my marketing and my messaging to really focus on those three things. And then we focus on like I'm scaling this and saying it, you know, like all of that stuff like builds together. So I challenge you to think about like, how is your service getting someone to the next level? Like if you think about five years from when they work from you with you, like how much money would they have made had they got out of their own way with mindset? Like if you're a mindset coach, like how much money can somebody make by getting out of their own way? You know, like, you know, how much money can someone make by coming to me first when they want to run their Facebook ads instead of making the mistake of, you know, jumping in and doing it wrong and wasting their money? You know, like that's valuable. These kinds of things are valuable. Even with like, you know, thinking about yoga teachers, like I used to be a yoga teacher and you're in a space of providing healing, like the weight that is lifted off of someone so that they can go forth and advocate for themselves in their career, or they can go forth and advocate for, you know, ask for a bigger raise or go after that bigger client because they're not feeling all this negative energy and this, this weight that's hanging them down with that trauma that they haven't let go. And you finally help them to let that go. And they feel like they are free to fly. That is invaluable. That is a transformation that people are buying, you know, and that's something that will change their whole life. And so we need to definitely make sure that we are pricing accordingly.
1: Mm. All right. Listen, I don't know. You know, it's not too many times that I'm speechless, Stacy. It's not. <laughs> it don't happen that often. It don't happen that often. But um, I love that. And I, I think that's good because I do think a lot of times we may look a short term, you know, like looking at short term things when it is a long term gain and long term game. Right. So I think that that was great advice. And as I was listening to you, I even got an idea for a person where it's like, OK, yes, I do want to talk to people and like a higher ticket person, right? For this higher ticket item that I have, but I don't know how to talk to that person, right? And what came to my mind was, well, who do you know that's talking to those people? Look and see how they're talking to. I mean, of course, you know, we ain't no copycats. Now you're going to put your own stank. You're going to put your own stank on it, right? But, you know, that's a way to actually, you know, kind of maybe get your, the, the wheels turning in your head on what that looks like, right? So- Awesome! Absolutely. I love Absolutely. that. Listen, so let's talk self care, right? And I know, I know, we can't pass our time. Stacy, look, well, I don't want to let you go. I got, I got some more questions for you, Absolutely. right? Good For the rest of the day. Okay, good. So, how do you practice self care, and why is it important to you?
0: Yeah, so self care is definitely big for me. It is, you know, last year when I talked about my podcast, I started. It was a cannabis and self care podcast about how to use cannabis alongside your different forms of self care. And so for me, I am a yogi. I love yoga. It is something that helps to ground me into myself. When my brain starts going, my energy's all up here. I can feel it all in my head, right? Like, but I need to be able to bring that energy down and ground it into, you know, feel like I'm connected to the earth. and feel like I'm connected to something that's bigger than myself. And so yoga helps me. Meditation helps me. Therapy definitely helps. I make sure that, you know, my Tuesday, 11 o'clock session is non-negotiable. You know, I'm always, that's on my calendar. It always will happen. I recently also started scheduling my walks because I find like I work from home. And so I'm in the house a lot. <laughs> I love to be home, but I also need to get outside and get some sun. Um, and so scheduling times to like actually putting it on my calendar to be like, oh, this is my body love time. And I call it body love time. I read this book called Bear by Susan Hyatt. That's great about um, really getting into your natural weight and get into your, you know, I'm really, she's a life coach, so very like life coachy kind of stuff. But, you know, just like scheduling my time to say like, this is my body love time where um, this is my, you know, body love yoga time. And, and you know, my therapy sessions, having that in my calendar and also having, giving myself space. Like now that I've taken a lot of things off my plate, I feel like I have so much more space to just think. <laughs> and I remember, my one of my first days being home, like working for myself full time. And I was just like, I was walking around my house with my arms behind my back, just thinking. Like, I was walking around, like, you know, just looking around, thinking. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't had time to just think. <laughs> I'm always in do mode and like, go, go, go and get this done and put, push this project out or be at this meeting. But I don't really have time to just think and have space. Sound similar to like, you know, when you get in the shower, you just do some thinking in there because you're just like the world is gone and you could just like, you know, only just think, right? Like, you don't have to do anything else but just stand there and think, you know. And so those kinds of things definitely help me with my self-care. And it's important because I'm driving this ship. You know, you as the entrepreneur, you as the business owner, you as the leader of, you know, your organization, you're driving the ship. And, you know, in order for me to make sure that this vision comes to light, in order to make sure that we impact people the way that I know that we can. I have to make sure that I'm right. I have to make sure that I show up in a way that, you know, where I feel like I am not tired, where I feel like I am well-rested, where I feel like I'm alert, I'm attentive, I'm good to go. I'm relaxed. And the way that I do that is by making sure that I practice myself here. Like even like last night, I just started journaling again. I used to journal a lot. And one of the things I talked about in therapy this week was how making great progress, all this great stuff, great energy how can we continue to build on that, you know? And so I was like, you know what? I have been having journaled in a while. I've been wanting to, you know, journal and kind of like write down my accomplishments, write down all the good things, write down gratitude, all that kind of good stuff. Um, I also have an app that is called the I Am app. It's awesome. It sends you affirmations throughout the day. I get four affirmations a day, like morning, couple in the afternoon and one in the evening. And it's great to just be able to, like it says like I am the boss or I am powerful or I am Abundance. You know, all kinds of I am statements, and that really like, you know when I get a buzz on my watch or on my phone, I take a second I just read it, and it's just like, oh, that's nice, you know, or sometimes I post them online and stuff like that. So I realized that the more successful you become, the more self-care you need to drill into because all of this success, it comes with a big, you know, a weight, you know, and in order for you to be to best manage that weight, you know you have to pour into yourself. You have to make sure that you're very present with who you are and how you're feeling. And again, like I'm someone who's multi-passionate, so I have to check in with myself. I have to like make sure like, is this something I'm doing because I really want to do it or am I doing it just because I'm going through the motions and I feel like I should be doing it? And so having to really like take the time to slow down um,
1: and ask myself those questions is super important. All right, look, now if you ain't know what to do for self-care, you can't say that you don't know what to do now because Stacy just dropped so many ideas, right? And <laughs> options. And I love that all of the things you said we're pretty much, you know, it's not a a high cost, right? Like I feel like a lot of times people, you know, self-care may come last. Oh, because I can't afford it. Right. Like you, first of all, you can't afford not to, you know, and second of all, self-care doesn't have to have this huge price ticket. Right. Like you can make it happen for low cost. Right. Or no cost. Yeah. So
0: I tell people it's really about the intention, right? Like it's not necessarily about the activity of what you're doing. Like I had someone, one time she told me that her self-care was like going to the mall and trying on really expensive things, And I was like, that's cool. You know, that's dope. And she just was like, I just like to do it. And I was like, well, I think that that's great because one, the intention is I'm taking this time to do something for myself. And even just that intention is just so eye-opening and it's so, you know, and it it really puts you into a different mode. It's like, I am taking this intention to sit down for 10 minutes to pour into myself. I am taking this time to go to a yoga class or to do yoga. Like I did yoga on YouTube through all the whole pandemic, right? Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, like you said, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It doesn't have to cost anything. It's really just the intention about taking this time, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, two hours, whatever, to really just, you know, be with yourself
1: and make that space for yourself. Right, right. I love that. Yes. OK, and let's just talk about the two books Stacy mentioned. Right. So we still Stacy dropping in that personal development here and there. Right. So we all should be millionaires was one book. And then what you said, Body Love. Is it Body Love? The title of the book? It's called Bare. B-A-R-E. Oh, um, listen. Yeah. By Susan. One, that one's by Susan Hyatt. The other one's by Rachel Rogers. OK, right. So we got our personal development books. I want to say. You are the second person that told me about this I am app, right? So now I feel like, Nicole, like, this is your second time hearing it, honey. You need and to it's go cheap. download. It's like,
0: it's, with the, like, it's like, one, you can get the free version, but then the, the paid version is where you can get them throughout the day. And it's like 20 bucks a year. Something
1: like that. So, okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. Keep self-care, you Don't have to cost that much. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yes. And then going back to your scheduling priorities, right? Like, I realized at a time that, I was going all day and not even eating, right? So sometimes I have to go as far as scheduling breakfast, lunch, and dinner to make sure that it happens, right? So scheduling things, that's an amazing tip. And I love your taking time to think. Like, let's just talk about how some of my best ideas come from the shower. Like you just made me realize, right? Because you actually being still and you know, I mean, well, you moving around <laughs> and you know, but it's it's a time, you know, that mm-hmm. your brain is not thinking of a million and one things, right? So I thought that was good as well. So you said something really profound the last time we talked, right? Now you just mentioned how you're a plant mom, right? And that's going to be our clue, right? So having indicators that remind you that it's time to care for yourself, right? I don't know if I have any indicators per se, but I know the last time we talked, you told me something and I was just blown away. So let's talk about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. My plants are a very good indicator of when I'm neglecting myself. And I say that because like, so I have a bunch of plants all around my house. And when I get into go, go, go mode too much, or when I'm always just like thinking and working and all that kind of stuff, like I forget to water my plants. I forget to, you know, talk to them and to tend to them, to spray them with water and to really pay attention to what they need, because a lot of plants will tell you what they need. You know, they will tell you like if they're drooping, they'll tell you that they're thirsty. They'll tell you that they're getting too much sun or they're telling you they're not getting enough sun um, or they'll tell you maybe they need some food and and that kind of thing. And that's one of the things I love about, you know, plants and, and feeling like you're connected to something bigger than yourself, because when I take the time to like look at my plants. I'm like, oh, I need to give you some water. I haven't watered you in weeks (laughs) or I need to give you a spray or, you know, you need some plant food or you're growing, oh, there's a new leaf coming in, you know, and so those kinds of things, like it really helps me to, one, turn off my digital brain because I'm always online. I'm always thinking digital, always thinking business and and marketing and that kind of stuff and just really focus on nature. And I really do believe in the healing powers of nature and herbs and all that kind of stuff uh, that I really do believe that there's so much healing that can happen from, the things that we surround ourselves with, with nature and that kind of stuff. So it is a big indicator for me. And I think sometimes, you know, when I realized that I was working so much, I started to realize that like, oh my gosh, my plants are like really looking kind of, they looking kind of raggedy. Like they, they look like they need some love and some attention. So yeah, that's an indicator for me. So I would say like, what is the indicator for you? A lot of times our body tells us, you know, my body definitely tells me. Like if I, if I find like I'm cramped up a lot, or I find out like I'm hunched over, um, or if I find out I'm exhausted, I'm, you know, just tired, fatigued, that kind of thing. Or if I'm, you know, just reaching for it and I'm craving like, you know, sweet, sugary, you know, things just to, you know, give myself a little boost of pleasure or a you know, boost of sugar, all that kind of stuff like your body will definitely tell you. But I think, you know, if you if you have plants and you really, really kind of experience, you know, with plants, you'll start to realize, like, oh, you know, yeah, this one, this one's telling me that it needs some more water <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I love that. Look, you stole my thunder, Stacey. Now talk. Look, I was going to ask that question. Yes. But that is the question, right? What's your indicator, right? Find one and make sure you're paying attention to it. So you said something amazing earlier, right? I didn't acknowledge it purposefully, right? I'm going to acknowledge it right now because I think it's super amazing. So let's congratulations on being two years as a full-time entrepreneur, right? Like I that, you know, you threw it in there, but it ain't glazed over me, right? It It didn't go over my head. Right. And it leads right. You're welcome. It leads right into the next question. And I don't know if this is your answer or not, but I wanted to shout that out. Right. Tell us about your latest win and why it's important to you.
0: Yeah, that definitely is my latest win, like actually. lead. So I left my job two months ago, left corporate full time two months ago. And that is something that I've been wanting for a long time, y'all. Like I've wanted to leave corporate. I've always been like, oh, let me go do this thing. Let me go do that thing. That'll take me out of corporate. But now I've finally actually gotten to a place where I have left. I don't regret it, I don't ever wanna go back. I love it out here in these entrepreneur street. It is definitely difficult, it's, it's tough. But, you know, working in Zappos was also tough. <laughs> that was a lot. Working in tech as a black person is also a lot. <laughs> so, you know, I, and, and I'm not someone who says like, oh, everybody should be entrepreneurs or everybody should have nine to fives. I'm like, pick whichever works for you, right? Like I was an entrepreneur with a side hustle for a long time, you know, like I had me a nine to five and a side hustle for years. <laughs> um, and so you could do both. You could do one, you could do the other. There was a time in my career where I was really just focused on my career and not taking on clients. Really, when I was at Zappos, I only had like one client that I was helping with outside of work because I really wanted to focus. And it was one that was taking up all my time, but it really wanted to focus, you know, and so really pick your struggle, you know, pick which hard is going to light you up the most, right? Because this hard lights me up, like hard, you know, sitting in meetings, and making, you know, millions of dollars for a company that I'm not making millions of dollars at is also very tough. <laughs> um, and it's it's emotionally, you know, challenging. And so for me, being able to be in control of my own income, being able to, you know, be in control of my own time, more importantly, that has been something that I'm so proud of myself for actually focusing and getting there. Because once I focused, once I decided and started to focus, that's when things started to shift, you know? And so that, is something I'm super, super proud of this year.
1: All right. Well, congratulations again. Super, super excited with you. Right. What an inspiration. Look, cause y'all know I'm still doing, I'm still doing a nine to five y'all. So, you know, Stacey is inspiring me. It's inspiring. Okay, me. I remember I was that was me two months ago. So I'm
0: like, get me, get me out of here. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I love your pick which hard. Is going to light you up the most. Like that was a whole word, right? Because I think a lot of times we do think that, oh, it's easier on the other side. And it's not. It's just like you said, which one is really going to be your thing, right? So I like that. I actually wrote a post. It was a long time ago. It was one of the new years, right? It wasn't this year. It might've been last year, but it was like, let's just say weight, you know, like having weight, excess weight, whereby it's like, oh, being this heavy, right? Or having this extra weight you know, makes me tired, whatever, whatever, you know, like it's hard carrying this extra weight. So then, okay, I want to lose weight, right? Oh, but losing weight requires exercise and all of these things that are also hard, right? So which one are you going to choose, right? Are you going to choose the heart of carrying it or the hard of losing it, right? But either way you go, it's going to be a thing, right? And that's something that we have to deal with all things in life. So I thought that was amazing.
0: That is such a great way to look at exercise. Let me tell you, because I hadn't thought of it like that, but you're right. I would rather have the hard that has me working out than the hard that has me dealing with, you know, health issues or being tired or, you know, just like whatever the issue is, right? Like pick the one that's going to light you up the best, pick the one that you're going to enjoy. I mean, not, you know, not to say like we should enjoy struggle, you know, but like pick the one that you're going to actually, you know, enjoy doing the most. Like I love working for myself. I love being able to be like, hey, you know, me and my girls would be like, hey, let's go out to lunch because everybody's free. And I'm just like, yes, I could never do that before, you know, and yes, is it also like, oh crap, I need to come back and do some stuff for my clients. Oh yeah, you know, I got to make up for this. Oh, you know, I need to, you know, keep a camp on my schedule so I'm not working all day and night because you can end up working all day and night as an entrepreneur. But either way, like, you know, I wouldn't trade that for having 10 meetings a day. I wouldn't trade that for having another, having to work another fucking Black Friday. Let me tell you, no. <laughs> I am taking this- a okay. second. <laughs> I've done four of them. I am taking this one off. Okay.
1: <laughs> I know that's right. And let's talk about how you slid in there, had my own, because all my friends are off too, right? So it sounds like you're surrounding yourself with like minded people. So and that's another it. gem. That's another gem. You have right. to.
0: Community is so important in this space. Like community is so important. Even if you don't have a community around you, I happen to have, you know, um, really good friends who one of my best friends is an entrepreneur, another one of my best friends is working in the cannabis industry and building her name there. Um, Another one of my best friends, you know, she is finishing her master's. And so I happen to be surrounded with high achievers. Um, My partner is also a high achiever, but either way, like I had to also create a community of entrepreneurs who one are service providers like me, because, you know, my other friends they are not service providers, you know, or their service providers are in a different space. And so creating that, you know, community of people, like whether you have it or not, like go out and find it. Cause there's, and there are so many people that want community, like So many people, you you will, like, I remember I just posted in a business group that I'm in, a paid business group I'm in, I just posted something looking for a coffee chat, you know, for people wanting to connect. I booked like 20 coffee chats because everybody wants to connect with people. Everybody wants to build a community of people that they can have, you know, to rally around them. Everybody wants to have referral sources. And so, you know, that's another thing with the mindset is like, are you holding yourself back from asking for these and seeking these relationships and building these relationships? Or are you using it as an excuse to say, well, oh, I don't have any business friends. So, you know, I'm just going to sit on my thumbs and not start my business or not grow my business. Like, go find those people. They're out there. They're waiting for you. You know, you just got to get out of your own way and go actually like I'm someone who will be like, you know, I may procrastinate on the ask, but I will eventually ask you. <laughs> so and I will I will go after what I want. I may procrastinate, but I will actually do something <laughs> and make a move.
1: <laughs> mm, I love that. I love that. Look. Stacey said they out there and they waiting for you. Right. So look, the ball is in your court. So, Stacey, tell us what does being a win her mean to you?
0: Oh, being a win her to me means inspiring others to shine their light and to step into their power and to live the life that they want to live, whether that's in a nine to five, whether that's entrepreneur, whether you want to smoke weed, whether you don't want to smoke weed, whatever it is, I want you to. Fully experience all that you are in your life. And that's what I feel like being a win her is, is even though it's uncomfortable for me, using my light and my story and standing and stepping into the things that makes me uncomfortable inspires so many people around me to do the same. And that lights me up. And so that's what I, what I would say to that.
1: I love that. And that, that's, that's a perfect way to end us out, y'all. You know, we, we want to keep Stacey all day but we can't do that. So tell us where we can find you, connect with you, do business with you, all of the good things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Thanks so much for having me. This has been such an awesome conversation. I loved it. So you can go and you can find me at roadmapto1million.com. I have a podcast that, you know, you can listen to it's a private podcast if you're really looking to figure out how you can use Facebook ads and Instagram ads to take your business to the next level. It's really designed for entrepreneurs and business owners to understand the capabilities and what they can do and how they should approach it. Um, you can also go there to check out my social channels. I am on Instagram at Stacyzeal.co. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. All of that is at Stacyzeal. And yeah, and I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm getting, you know, going to be posting more a lot more stuff on LinkedIn as well. So you can find me there. But I'm all over these internet streets, y'all. <laughs> so just head over to
1: RoadmapTo1million.com. And that's one, the digit one. And you'll see all my stuff there. I love that. And it'll also be in the show notes. So check out the show notes. Again, Stacey, so excited to accept the invitation. You gave us a marketing. Look, it wasn't a one-on-one. It was a marketing 301. You done dropped us with the 301 in marketing, you know, getting our whole mindset and all of the things together. So truly appreciate you for joining. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Stacy, and I hope you did as well. My takeaway for today is to check out and use the data that's available to me so I can market my business better. I love how Stacy told us some places we could find data and ways we could use data to make informed marketing decisions. What's your takeaway from this episode? Send me an email and let me know. My email is whenhersunited at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. One of my models is sharing is caring. So I sure hope that you care to share. I look forward to receiving an email from you. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode to read Stacy's bio, get the links to connect with Stacy, get the Cash App handle for Winherd United, get the direct link to my Buy Me a Coffee page, and more. We'll be back in two weeks with another amazing, winning woman of color entrepreneur. But until then, as always, be empowered and empower on.